So I'm married and I've got two kids, Yaira and Jadai. Jadai's probably going to start screaming at Daddy Daddy at some point. So just bear with me when he does, but he's a, yeah, he's a real daddy's boy. Right, I do have a short clip um, that I want to get into and then we, I'll come back, back up on stage and we'll get started. Awesome, thanks. Appreciate it. I just wanted to say the word that came this morning was yeah, just so powerful and in line with what I'm about to share today. And I hope, um, yeah, as I share, you will somehow tie the words that came um, this morning. There's a photo of a guy up called Michael. 
uh, in their video. And I quickly just wanted to touch up on him. So when I go to Kenya, I normally preach in the prisons. And um, one of the pre uh, prisons I was preaching with, he, was the, um, he had been in there for about 18 years. Um, I don't know what he did, but he was in there. He's given life to Jesus. Um, and yeah. But at the time when I was preaching, a fight broke out. And I remembered him because I'm like, man, there's a prison now. There's a fight that's broken out. People are not listening to me anymore. It's chaos. And I'm thinking, man, what do I do? But he was a guy that basically stewed um, in the gap between me and the prisoners and that. But he didn't remember me. So I went back two years later back to Kenya. And I met this guy on the street. And I'm like, man, I know you. And it's like, no way. No chance you know me. I said, he says, are you from Kenya? I said, no, I'm from Ghana. I said, no, no chance. So where I was staying at the time, um, he showed up maybe a week later. Um, and I was like, dude, you remember me? I saw you on the street, and I said, I know you. He says, nah, no chance. He says, sit down. I told him my story. And he tells me that he was in the prison. And I said, yeah, I was there. I saw you. But to... to, to um, to give God's glory, he now go back to the prison today and sharing the gospel with all the inmates. You know, that's amazing. That's a testimony of God. So, yeah, this morning I'm sharing about missions. Um, nothing would ever build your faith more or change the way you see the world than going on a mission trip. I really believe that. That really shaped mine. As a church, we are very keen on sending people on missions um, and also supporting missionaries' efforts around the world. I think this church is very good at that. Um, in our current um, CU here, I know the elders are praying um, how and also how they can better prepare people for either short-term or long-term mission trips. So that's something they're doing. I believe they are also considering a short-term mission trip to Tuvalu at some point. And I think that's the church that, yeah, we should get involved in, send our young people to it. Um, some of us, like myself, I feel a very strong call to overseas missions. Others may not feel so called to overseas missions, but all of us will benefit greatly from the experience of sharing the gospel with our people from different cultures. I think that's essential. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on. Lightning, fire. What did I hear today? Thunders. For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, what that verse is saying that all of us have been equipped and called to be witnesses to Jesus, whether here at our home or overseas. So when you ever start to feel bored, right here, and you think, oh, I need to get to um, Budapest or somewhere, start sharing your faith right here because that will really start something up and stir something up in you. My prayer this morning is that all of us 
will consider our role in the Great Commission and prepare ourselves so that God can use us whenever the door gets opened or is opened. It was 2011, um, and I went on my first mission trip to Tonga. I was a Bible school dean, um, and I'd just been saved maybe a year and a half. Uh, if there are any Tongans here, Malo, Saipe, um, yeah, I went to Nukalofa. On the plane, it was just a sensational, uh, it was just sensational. I just felt that the Holy Spirit was going to do such an amazing thing down there. Um, it brings me to tears. Well, two things that bring me to tears. One, when I go to weddings, I'm a real sucker for weddings. When I see the bride walking up, I think it's one of the most beautiful things um, to watch the groom stand there and their eye and the way they gaze at the bride, I just start crying. And two, when I see people come to Christ, I don't have to know them wherever I am. I just weep because I think and I know how God changed my life. And the best thing anyone of us can do is give their life to Christ. So I get quite teary when it comes to that. Yeah, traveling to Tonga, I burst my passion. Missions became fire in my bones. That one upon return, I started my own little mission trip or missions in Auckland. Uh, every Thursday, I'll go to Glen Innes, because in Auckland, it was seen as one of the places where uh, there was drugs on the street, kids could buy drugs. I mean, I saw it happen while, while I was preaching. So that's where I thought I was called, and I did. So I preached there for, oh, I just basically get a megaphone and yell at people. <laughs> get saved, get saved, God loves you. And um, yeah, it was great. I mean, at one point, one guy came up and said, you know how long we've been here for? And I believe he was speaking in the spirit. He says, for we are many. You know how long we've been in this community for that you have come here to start preaching this message. And I said, mate, I'm just a messenger. You fight the boss. And he moved on. Also, on Friday nights, what I did was I'll go to Queen Street, and again, I'll share the gospel. And then hit about 10 o'clock, we'll go and look for homeless people. And we will, by then, during the day, we'd collected food from um, cafes and places that yeah, the food didn't sell. And, and it will, we'll just store them up, and then we'll go hang out with them and eat together and listen to these stories. It was, yes, very encouraging. Between my wife and I, we have been to Cambodia, Thailand, Zambia, Kenya, Tonga, Tanzania, and Botswana for missions. So, my question to you is, have you felt God has been talking to you about a particular mission and wondered, what do I do now? Or are you the person that thinks missions? Yeah, nah, that ain't me. Um, I have come up with about five ways I think is essential to prepare for missions, whether here in Aotearoa or overseas. One on my list is prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Learn to hear God's voice. I think learning to hear God's voice is foundational, not just his commands, but the nurturing of our spirits for guidance. Without him, we can do nothing. Jesus says that. Therefore, we should grow our relationship by going deep in Scripture and let God show us how to apply it to our own lives first. 
Jesus' life as an example for us. We have to also learn to hear God's voice in the circumstances of our life right now and how to cultivate the joy of his presence, regardless what storm may be coming our way. Jesus' life is an example for us. He was sent by the Father to accomplish a mission, but his priority remained his relationship with his Father. That's the only way he could do it. He says, I and the Father are one. In John 5, 19, he said, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on his own. Folks, we can't do it on our own. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. We can go there and yell and share things, but if we are if we're not in relationship with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, they are the ones that breaks the yoke. But only what he sees the Father doing. For that whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. John 10, 29, 30. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. Again, it's the Father that gives it to him. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Because what? I and the Father are one. They were always in relationship together. And I believe we must prepare our heart and listen to God's voice. In John 17, this is when Jesus was praying for the disciples before he leaves. He says, I pray not for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The only way the world will believe us is that we spent time with God, that we built relationship with him, that we are in him and he is in us. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul talks about that I, says, the life that I live, now I live unto the Son of God. It's no more I that live anymore. So we must cultivate hearing God's voice, and that is preparing our heart. If you're not sure where to start cultivating or hearing God's voice from, I believe we turn to the Bible. He has been speaking for so many years and still speaking today. The Bible, if you read it today, what you get from me today might be different from what you got from me yesterday. It is retrospective, retroactive. It is, can go beyond time and ahead of time. It's a much better place to start. My second point is relationships. We must pay attention to our relationships. What are your relationships' strengths and weaknesses? What has been your hardest relationship and why was it hard? I believe we can't look over these pain points, but we must open ourselves to understanding how we do relationships and where we need to grow. I say it again. I believe that we must understand how we do relationships and where we need to grow. If I can get real, so Yanita and I, um, quickly how we met as well, we, we had gone on a um, young adult uh, hangout and then they were playing memes or talking about memes. It's thick for me, like, Memes are, I'm thick as, I don't get memes. 
So Yanita didn't get it either. I'm like, oh man, we're in the same boat. So while they were like looking at memes and laughing, we sort of just started talking. I'm like, what do you do? She's like, oh, I'm a nurse. So why are you a nurse? And she goes, oh, I want to go on missions. Says, oh, I'm your mission, sort of thing. <laughs> so we, we, shared, we shared about missions together, about where she's been and where I've been. And basically we clicked from there. We just like, oh, I'm like, man, I want to know this girl. I want to, you know, um, take her out again. So back to where I'm going with this. When we went on a mission trip together, um, we had traveled separately and we did things differently. The logistics of how we traveled were different. Um, but it was unspoken. But it was predestined by each person how this person should operate. Or, and that became a pain point for us because we realized that, oh, there were things that we had not dealt with. So right on mission grounds, we had to learn to navigate through um, sorting this out. And that was... It was painful that we are these missionaries, but we were actually not um, gelling so well because of how we did relationship. So we quickly had to sort that out while we were on, on uh, mission grounds. In addition, we must also have a strong self-identity. This will allow us to be real with each other. People who are comfortable with themselves tend to be authentic and avoid pretense in relationships. Right? If you don't like yourself, unfortunately, you take yourself with you wherever you go. Yeah? So we must be comfortable with who we are um, in our own skin, in our culture, um, in our giftings, and what God has blessed us with. We can't all be the same thing. It'll be too boring. Too boring. Get to know yourself. What gels with you and what don't. Own it. Work on it. Grow. And prune things out. During this preparation phase, make sure you put yourself in the place to create sustained, deep relationships and sustain deep relationships. Be intentional about creating a community around you. If you're not that person already, be intentional about creating a community around you. Find yourself a small group at church or in community and join one. Be on the lookout for places that you can serve and build relationships with people that may have different walks of life to you. It's easier to just um, hang out with the same people. It's, it's easier to just hang out with the people that are going the same way as you. But um, relationships, you, you find out once you start to, um, once you disagree on things, how do you handle them? Once you, you know, if someone disagreed with you, how do you handle it? Because they're not going the same way as you. But these are real things. When you get out and you start sharing the gospel with people and you say something, they say that to you. You know, these are going to bring things in you that um, perhaps if we could start working on, um, it would be good. Um, three, develop your knowledge and skill. Um, a good knowledge base is always a good start. A good skill set, professional certificate, educational achievement will help you offer best, uh, your best to others. 
It doesn't mean you've got nothing. I don't believe anyone's got nothing anyway. Every one of us has been given a gift somehow. We can read uh, the book of Corinthians and find out there's so many, even the gift of administrations, the gift of organizing. I suck at that. My wife is amazing at that. So we come together and we, we do best. We do good because two is better than one. So everyone has got a gift in an area um, that can be used. So my wife, I talk with my wife a lot because she, 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 she's steady, you know, she's steady. Like I, I sort of started to get things when I was about 21. She started to get things when she was 15. Um, she went on her first mission trip by the age of 15. Um, and she, at a young age, wanted to be a missionary. So she wanted to get up and go. Mom said, oh, hang on. Um, it's great that you want to be a missionary. Um, but get something. Get something in, in front of you, whether education or something. At least when you get there, you can offer people the best of you. So um, they spoke to her. She went away and went back to mum and said, you know what, I think I'm going to be a nurse. And she's gone on to become a nurse. When we go to places, we can go to Afghanistan. If we told them we were coming to preach the gospel, they'd probably shut the door at us. But if she went in as a nurse, it opens a door for us to go in and share the gospel somehow by meeting people. So, yeah, having a skill set or something is, is, is a good way to, to enter some of the hostile countries that really don't want to have anything to do with Jesus Christ. So pick a skill set. Be the best that you can be and humbly offer it over to God. After all we have learned, we must become a child for God to teach us how best we can use it for each individual. Because God knows these people that he's sending to us. Our gifts may be good, but to each individual that come to us, uh, God may have a, uh, a systematic way of actually getting to them. And if we can submit our gifts to God, say, you know what, this is what is in my hand, he is able to use that. So if you plan to uh, teach God's word, then join a small group, um, a group study where you can grow, where opportunities can be created and you'll be more comfortable sharing, um, where um, there'll be people in there that are already doing what um, you want to do. Um, it's an opportunity for you to learn and share God's word through that. Um, become an apprentice to someone that's currently doing the ministry you wish to do. Um, and also give you a chance to be taught by the best teacher, which is experience. Yeah? Yeah. Give yourself time. Authentic time. Um, yeah. But yeah, the best teacher over time is experience, and I think is a, is a great way to do things. Also develop your hobbies. They're a great way to connect with people. Um, this may be the very skill set God uses to bring people to him. And I can tell you, we've been in Bali, in Eternia, and on the street, and the guy's playing guitar, and I'm like, hey, can I join in? 
and I'm, I'm out there and I'm just joining in, just, just jamming, or it might be drums, playing the bongos or something. And he creates a platform to say, hey, man, we're on the same page here. Oh, what are you here for? Oh, hey, man, I'm here to share the gospel. I'm here to... Um, it's always a, a great place to start because people are not so... They've found something that you both are in common, have, have in common, and they, they're more likely to listen to you. Yeah, so hobbies are a really great way to, to share the gospel. Uh, what next on my list is mentors. Having, I believe if we're in a generation where, um, where mentoring is dying. When, it, when, I, when I first became a Christian, I had a mentor. And I used to see you every week. And I used to talk about my failures. I used to talk about things I was struggling with. And they would give me practical tools to go away and, and come back next week and talk about it. Encourage me. Yeah, so mentoring in this area could be good. You find people who have been there and done that. How do they do it? Talk about it. Do not wait to be discovered. Take the initiative. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and um, they believe the Gen Z generation, I believe I'm millennial, millennium, yeah, I think I am, yeah. Anyway, the Gen Z generation would, if someone was sitting next to them, and they could ask them, hey man, how do you do this? They would rather go on YouTube to research that. Because it's a place in their own space. Um, it's individualistic. So we live in a generation where mentoring is dying. But then how do we pass on experience to people here, right here in our own church? Why? How sad would it be that you go on YouTube to ask, how do I start missions? When there are people right here, they are able to do that. And being there and done that, they can support you through that. That you can physically meet. Um, and... Yeah, and, and they can give you practical things to go away and, and talk about. So most people that are already missionaries anyway, they love giving their time. They don't get paid doing that. So they will happily support anyone that wants to do missions, whether here or overseas. Because ultimately we communicate in the same message. The message is the gospel. The message is that Christ died for you. Sure, it may look different culturally as you go to different places. I forgot to ask, can you hear me in English? Because I speak many different languages. So I could be talking things that I understand that you don't. Because I don't see people nodding. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to, to do that. Find someone that you trust and... Um, also will encourage you in achieving your goals. Set some goals with them. I think it's a, it's a really great way to start. Um, number five um, is listen to your own life. I think that's very important. Listen to your own life. What has life journey taught you? What is God weaving together in your life right now?
Have you learned from failure? And have you allowed God to comfort you and teach you in adversity and pain? People, well, we live in a world where not everything is glory. Well, sadly, we live in a world where people experience things, and these things are real. These painful things and hurt are real. It's likely that your vulnerabilities, your losses, your failures, and delays could be the very thing that God is using to prepare you to bring hope to others in the world where there's suffering. Seasons do come and go. And Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that seasons come as they are. We don't choose them. You can't choose them. You can't tell me that you're going to choose their summer right now. We are getting into winter, whether you like it or not. And you can choose to wear singlets in the, in the middle of July. And you'll be walking around cold, I tell you. Seasons do come as they are. We have to navigate to adjust to that season when it comes. So we may be going through a season right now. Uh, but it will run its course. That season will run its course. So Yenita and I, when we came back from our last mission trip, we just showing you a video. We sat down and wrote some goals. And um, we basically just, yeah, we, we gave ourselves about five years here in New Zealand. I think we've been back. Sweetheart, we've been back far long now? Five, six years? I think so. 2023, 20, yeah, six years. So clearly we haven't left. Well, except that I traveled from Ghana to preach this morning. <laughs> um, we haven't left. On our list we had things like buying a house. Um, in about three years, within that time frame. And God blew our socks off. He did it a lot earlier for us. We're like, yeah, man, things are going to happen. But there were, things, there were things that were not on our list. That also happened. And that set us back. Um, yeah, you know, we, we lost our first pregnancy. And then that was painful. And we trusted God for the next. And God gave us triplets. And we thought, yeah, he gave us double for our trouble. But we lost that too. We lost that at 20 weeks. And that was painful. I had to watch every one of them die in my hand. But I sat there. This is my wife. I sat there and I sang, great is thy faithfulness, regardless of the painful that I was going through. It hurt me. So we must learn for God to heal us. Today we've got two babies and we adore them and we are grateful for them. But we had to learn. It was painful that time. There were times we didn't want to get out of bed. There were times my wife just couldn't see people. But we saw the master carry us. Like he says, you'll leave the 99 and pull you on his shoulder. And you walk this step by step, step by step, step by step. Through people. Through people through people, they spoke comfort. We could go to a place and just vent. We could, people would just drop dinners off. 
good old Murray. We had the time we left out at um, Helena Bay. Murray won't even knock, but he would just drop dinner off and walk away. And that was special for us at that time. So, this season for you, season comes. And there's nothing you can do. You have to navigate through that. These are stuff we do not plan for. It was extremely painful. We needed to trust God that he will comfort us and heal us during that time. And he has. Don't overlook your own experiences. Through them, God will help take a deep well from his living water. Do not overlook your own experiences. Through them, God will help you dig a deep well out of his living water. We have developed empathy for others. Um, I've come to just listen and not say anything. Um, yeah, so my experiences, or my painful experiences, brought the best out of me. So do not overlook yours either. Ultimately, remember who is sending you to your mission. God, who called you, is going to prepare and qualify you. Learn to view the next step of your life through his love and grace. Learn to do that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And I really believe that. I believe that for you that's sitting here thinking, man, I can't do this. Yeah, now this mission thing, this evangelism thing is not for me. You just got to get out there and see. He says, I shall give you what you speak at the time. My message is coming to an end. I'd like, I'd like the congregation to stand with me because I, I want us to read a whole verse together, that, one of my favorite verses. So whether you're on a mission, if your mission is here in the nation, take it by storm from north to bluff, whether it may be um, overseas, whether you are experienced or inexperienced, God can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I can get the muses up. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. I hope I put it up. And if we can say it all together, we're really awesome. One, two, three. And now, to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. It says now to him who is able to do. It doesn't depend on you. When did it ever depend on you? If it was to depend on us, we can do nothing. Like Jesus said, I can do nothing unless the Father tells me to. And he will do exceedingly, 
abundantly. When a writer emphasizes words that are synonyms, he is trying to emphasize now God can do more. Above what you can ask or think. So you, you're probably thinking right now that you can't do it. Or you think you can't do it. God is able to do more for you. According to the power that he, that works in us. That he's given in us. It says rivers of living water shall flow out of your belly. The Bible says. So this week, don't get bored. I challenge you this week. Do not get bored. Don't get wrapped up. In your mundane, let God prepare you for this adventure of sharing your faith. Right here in the north. If you're traveling anywhere this week in the nation, in New Zealand, or if you're going overseas, let's take them with us. Let's share our faith. Invite them to these things that I, the five things I spoke about. One, let's say together, prepare your heart. Two, to your relationships. Three, to developing your knowledge and skill. Four, to choosing a mentor. I think it's really important. And five, listening to your own life. I just say a closing prayer and then I hand it over to Matt. Lord, help us in the business of life to keep our focus on you, Father. Help us, Father, that we may know the purpose that which you have called us for. For you, missions may seem like a really big word, but really all that you desire from us that we become the light, Father, in places where the darkness, Lord. That you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, just using us, God. So I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, even as we go out into our marketplaces, that um, you uh, would do mighty through us. You give us the word, God, as we even begin to speak to people, as we make an attempt, Father, that you will begin to speak. We pray for boldness upon uh, for, for everybody, Lord that we may bring your light to them. There's no point having the light and putting it in the valley. Why not put it on top of the mountain where it flows, where it shines for everybody to see? So I pray that you give us a strength, Lord, um, to carry on through this week. Father, you're sharing our faith. And everybody say...